Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the next two hours, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. Plenty to get to during the show today. I'll be joined by Lenny Melnick from LennyMelnickFantasySports.com coming up at 2.20 p.m. Eastern. He was a participant in the National League Labor Auction Draft last night, so we'll talk to him about his strategy, did it work, and the team he built. I'll be joined by Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm at 3.20 p.m. Eastern to talk about the great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, We are not in the same league But we'll talk about his team and how he put it together. Thoughts on some of the players he drafted and why he is high on them. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. And check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. On Friday, they revealed the Fantasy Pros rankings from 2018. And I finished as the number two uh, ranker uh, for draft accuracy. So if you want to get access to those rankings for the upcoming season, you can check them out, scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. They are updated frequently and in real time, so if I make a change right now, it will be reflected on the website immediately. And obviously a lot of movement with some injuries, uh, big player getting hurt over the weekend we'll talk about in a second. But you can get access to all that and also – Just published about a couple hours ago today, uh, my preseason pro picks for the upcoming season. Uh, What that includes is an AL offensive sleeper, an NL offensive sleeper, as well as bust uh, on the offensive side for the National League and American League, and a pitching sleeper in each league, a pitching bust in each league, and a stash and cash player in each league. So uh, Dr. Autos came out last week. Mine are up. Just post it right now so you can get access to those as well uh, when you become a member. We also have uh, articles on the Combine uh, from the weekend, in-depth team previews from Sean Childs, one of the top high-stakes players around. He was also in the labor drafts over the weekend, so we'll have him on this week to talk about his drafts and the strategy that he employed there. Uh, Also, a ton of articles. Also, I have a a look at the cheaper Whit Merrifield. We know Whit Merrifield's going early in drafts, but I have someone going several rounds later that can possibly come close to the numbers that Whit Merrifield puts up. Also, I have an article on a breakout pitcher, and I did not use that pitcher in the preseason pro picks, trying to spread out some of the love there, uh, as well as a uh, breakout hitter as well, and a lot more to come here in the next few weeks as we take you up uh, to your drafts as it is peak draft season now. We are in March. Season starts March 20th, and we got a lot of drafts coming up over the next few weekends. And we'll get you prepared. You can always ask your questions on the message boards and the forums as well. In addition to ScoutDFS.com as well as VegasWhispers.com. So plenty of ways 
to keep you covered here uh, for the upcoming season. So make sure you join us today. Uh, let's take a look at some of the important news that trickled out here over the weekend relating to baseball. And I mentioned it, the big injury so far. We've been fortunate. We really haven't lost anyone for the year yet, but it looks like we will now. Uh, it broke on Friday during the show about Salvador Perez, but it looks like he is going to go uh, season-ending Tommy John surgery. He's got a damaged right ulnar collateral ligament uh, in his right elbow. So he's going to travel to L.A. tomorrow to get a second opinion. But all signs are saying that Perez will have the surgery and be out. Now, Perez did say, if I can play through it, I will. Uh, again, players tend to be optimistic, so we'll just have to wait and see. But obviously, you know, I wouldn't be drafting him. If you're doing a draft today, I have Tout Wars tomorrow night. Uh, I'm not going to take Perez. I'm not going to take that chance. You know, maybe we get the official news tomorrow after that second opinion. But I've already removed him from my draft board. You just cannot uh, take that risk at this point. And it's a, a big hit for the catcher pool, which was already extremely thin to begin with. And generally a position where I just haven't invested much. I mean, every draft is different and you have to take that into account because you'll hear people say, I won't do this. I won't do that. But at some point, everyone has a price and you have to make that decision. So, you know, I don't mind getting a Wilson Ramos, Yasmani Grandal, Wilson Contreras. If the price is right, you know, I don't want to reach on them. I would love to have those guys. But at the same time, I don't want to spend a premium pick or a lot in an auction on those players. But uh, Perez has had two straight seasons of 27 home runs, uh, two straight years of 80 RBIs. Now, the batting average has taken a hit over the last couple of years. He's gone from, you know, 260 to, uh, well, 268 two years ago to 235 last year. But he's a career 266 hitter. So you are expecting pretty good numbers from him. And especially with a lot of the speedsters in front of him in Kansas City, they were going to be aggressive on the base pass. Perez would have had a lot of RBI opportunities. So one of the more safer catchers, and now he is off the board. So definitely a big hit. And for those that already drafted, ugh, that, that's just brutal. I mean, if you spent a 10th, 11th round pick on Perez in a draft, uh, it's just really tough to make that up at this point. Uh, especially if you already went through it or you were in the middle of the draft. That's a real, real tough spot to be in. Uh, so, again, that player pool gets even smaller. Uh, looks like Clayton Kershaw probably won't be ready for the start of the season, and I don't think anyone is surprised by this. Dave Roberts finally acknowledged that today. Kershaw did play catch on Sunday, but, again, it's just catch. This is not even throwing off or bounds. So uh, they're obviously going to be very cautious with him, and they think that he'll be fine, but uh, they obviously have a lot of options on that pitching staff, which is why – you should be interested in drafting pretty much all of them. Anyone who has a shot, you know, a guy like Ross Stripling who doesn't have a spot in a rotation right now, although could be with this if Kershaw's not ready, you know, I will take him, especially if he falls far. And I think in the more casual league, he will fall far because people are going to be like, oh, he's not in the rotation. Now, maybe that changes if uh, Kershaw's officially ruled out. Maybe he moves up, but I don't think he will. And you got a lot of injury question marks in this rotation. Hinjin Rio, as good as he is, we know he's probably going to spend some time on the DL. Uh, Rich Hill, we know it. He's older. Uh, with 39-40 now, made blister injuries and just uh, throughout his career. We know when he's on the mound, he's good, but there's no way he's getting through the entire season. So that makes a guy like Stripla a nice bargain right now. And you know, we saw his skills really come to the forefront last year. It was only 122 innings. But for where he's being drafted, you would take 122 innings again of what he gave last year with a 302 ERA, 
The strikeout rate was excellent. Uh, 136 strikeouts and 122 innings. Uh, very, very good pitcher last year and uh, on a good Dodgers team. So that's a guy that you just cannot forget about and someone that I would like to get in my drafts because I know he's going to play a big role this season. Uh, you know, in, in a weekly league, hopefully you'll know ahead of time you can get him in there. But, you know, having a, a couple of these Dodgers pitchers on your fantasy team is definitely ideal this year because they're in good spots and you'll get good innings out of them. Another story from the weekend is Andrew Heaney uh, dealing with elbow inflammation. Now, he did throw off flat ground today, and they said it wasn't serious, and he was scratched from a start over the weekend. Uh, he didn't have any problems throwing long toss on Sunday. Uh, so he's obviously pushed back a little bit, and this is a guy, too, I think, that was just gaining some steam and, and moving up draft boards a little bit, generally going in that 11 to 13 range for 15-team leagues. And you can understand why. Uh, he's obviously been someone that's been talked about since he was a prospect with the Marlins. He's now 27 years old and had a good year last year uh, for the Angels. Uh, and he threw 180 innings, uh, strikeout per inning. Uh, did The ERA was a little high at 4.15, but uh, some of the peripherals say he's a little bit better than that. Home runs were a little bit of an issue last year, 1.35 homers per nine innings. But he had a 1.20 whip. And there's certainly signs here that he can be better, but... Uh, the elbow inflammation probably going to have some people pass on him a little bit uh, because if they're in that range and there's someone's healthy, but the key for Heaney last year was throwing a lot more first pitch strike, 65.2%. That was a career best. So I'm still interested, uh, but there might be pitchers in that range that are healthy at this point. And we know throughout the season, we are going to be hit with injuries and to start off the year with a few is not ideal. So I uh, wouldn't be downgrading him too much, but if you have a healthy pitcher that you're comparing him to when you come up on the draft board, you might want to go in the other direction. Jimmy Nelson's a real interesting pitcher. You know, I've been tempted to take him in the great, great fantasy baseball invitational and just kept wound up passing on him. Well, he threw 20 pitches in a live batting practice session today and had no issues. He's obviously coming off the shoulder surgery, missed all of last season. And uh, they're bringing him along slowly. So, you know, the skills are there for him to have a, a pretty good year. Uh, you know, he had a, a forearm issue uh, to begin the spring uh, and uh, just was really good in 2017. A 3-4-90 ERA, uh, 10.2K per nine, good walk rate. So uh, there was a, a lot of intrigue here for what he can do. But, of course, you know, it all depends on the health. Now, he is very cheap in drafts. I mean, usually you can get him after the 20th round. So I am interested in taking a chance on him. But as I said in that great fantasy baseball invitational, I did not pull the trigger on him. And I think he went somewhere 22, 23, somewhere in that round. Uh, that's where you kind of start to think about it because there definitely is a pretty good ceiling there if he can be healthy. But the question is, you know, where is his health right now? So he is a guy that you definitely want to monitor here over the next couple weeks to see if he can get on the mound, throw a bullpen session, and potentially get in a game because there definitely is uh, some upside there pitching for the Brewers. Sonny Gray is another name that I thought would be someone I would be looking at around the round 20. I thought it would be a good bargain this year, leaving Yankee Stadium and New York. His home road splits were a so stark last year he just was terrible at Yankee Stadium and really good on the road going to Cincinnati you would think well that's not a great ballpark either but the thing about Sonny Gray is he keeps the ball on the ground 
Uh, he induces a lot of ground balls. He's reunited with his college pitching coach. But the problem is he's been dealing with an elbow issue. So he's supposed to throw live BP tomorrow, and then they'll decide what to do after that as he also dealt with tightness in his elbow. So in some of these scenarios, it could be a precursor to something more serious. And in some situations, it's just getting back on the mound for the first time in a while and a little soreness and being rusty. We know pitchers, arms, elbows, shoulders, they're never 100%. They're always dealing with something. It's just unnatural to throw that ball the way they do and with as much velocity. Uh, but Gray obviously cannot uh, – He probably – I don't know if he's going to be ready for opening day at this point with this pace. He's going to really have to pick it up this week. So – uh, I would still consider him late because you're you're getting him as one of the last pitchers on your pitching staff, and he might even fall to the reserve rounds at this point with the pace he's headed on. But there definitely is some potential for him to exceed where he's going. Kevin Gossman, and he is someone that I did take in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, he has been dealing with a shoulder injury as a lot of the Braves pitchers have just been not healthy so far here to begin the spring. Uh, he was... Shut down a little bit with inflammation last week, but they're saying he's already better. And he is set to throw batting practice today. And if that goes well, then he could pitch in a game sometime later in the week. So that's definitely good news already. Uh, that puts him on pace. If he can't get in a game this week, begin to still begin the season. And certainly the Braves could use him right now. So Gossman came over to the National League last year and was better. The strikeouts were a little down. But the home runs were really cut, and I think that was the big thing. When you look at a guy like Gossman, a lot of people have thought that there's more there with him, and I have been one of those guys that has been taking him in drafts the last couple of years, but he gets really hurt by playing in the American League, specifically Camden Yards, because it's just a park that is conducive to so many home runs, and that has been the big problem for Gossman, is allowing those long balls, and it's a big problem. You know, you get a couple men on base, you give up a home run, and all of a sudden, three runs are on the board. So he did a much better job coming over to the National League of cutting those home runs down. You would still like to see more strikeouts in the National League and uh, him to become more consistent. And a guy that's generally going in rounds 15 to 17 of most drafts. His teammate, A.J. Minter, he's also been dealing with tightness in his pitching shoulder. He's expected to play catch on Tuesday, so... You know, right now, when you look at that Braves bullpen, I think in a lot of drafts I've seen, usually Minter go first. I've seen some of the Rodas Viscano goes first. Uh, I think people are not sure what's going to happen there. There's still the potential maybe the Braves go out and sign a Craig Kimbrell, uh, but it could be Minter and Viscano splitting. You know, they could use Minter against uh, lefties. So it's not a clear-cut situation, and unfortunately that's a lot of closer situations right now. We just don't have a lot of clarity and uh, sometimes taking the cheaper one might pay off. A couple things that, you know, I pay attention to in the spring. Uh, one of the pitchers that I really wanted to see was Jake Arrieta because, you know, I was pretty much off him. And then I had read recently about him pitching through a knee injury throughout the second half last year. And you could see it. His numbers were way down. His strikeouts were way down. And Arrieta has been cheap in drafts. And, you know, over the weekend, he threw three perfect innings and struck out four. And he went against some of the regulars for the Twins. You know, Eddie Rosario was in there, Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, C.J. Cole, Marlon Gonzalez. So you always look, okay, who did they face? Okay, how'd they look? How was the velocity? So that was the first appearance of Arietta this spring. So, you know, he's becoming more intriguing to me. You know, we always look for, okay, why 
did this player have a second half fade? And a lot of times it could be injury. For young players, it's maybe the opponents making adjustments, especially as a hitter. You see a lot of young players come up and smack fastballs around, and pitchers after a while say, okay, let's see if they can hit the breaking stuff. They throw in the breaking stuff, they can't hit it, and that can explain a dip in numbers. But with Arietta, you could see there is a correlation there where that knee injury certainly affected him. So he's not the Arietta he was a few years ago, but I definitely think uh, he's intriguing now based on this uh, spring here. You uh, Darvish is another name to watch. He threw two hitless innings in the start on Sunday, struck out three. Uh, his velocity has been up. Still definitely concerned. He is a guy that burned me last year. He only had eight starts with elbow and triceps issues. So it's good that the velocity is up, uh, but really it's about durability and how much uh, can he make it through the season. So, yes, he is cheap. I still haven't bought in yet. Of course, 10th, 11th round, there is the potential there. But the injuries have been a factor. But it was just two years ago he had a real dominant stretch there with the Dodgers. So someone that I'm definitely looking at a little bit more, but have yet to pull the trigger on him. When we return, we're going to talk National League Labor Auction Draft. Lenny Melnick of LennyMelnickFantasySports.com. He'll join me to talk about his team and the draft. That's ahead. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and turn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Fantasy. A guy like Tanaka, who went one pick after him last year, is going even further back. And I really like Tanaka. He's got some of the same problems. You know, the home run ball really hurts him. But he's a guy that I, I just think that has a skill set. And, okay, maybe you're not getting 180 innings out of him. But I think he's one of the most undervalued pitchers out there. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Catch the Going for the Green podcast each week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network as the Daily Roto crew breaks down the upcoming PGA Tournament from a fantasy perspective. Going for the Green talks course history, PGA betting, 
one and done fantasy picks and much more separate yourself from the field and go for the green with daily roto this fantasy golf season on audio boom itunes google play and stitcher or your favorite podcast provider lots to talk about here as we get you set for the fantasy baseball season uh hopefully uh getting lenny melnick on uh, in just a second, to talk about NL Labor, the auction that was done last night. They had the AL and NL Labor auctions over the weekend in Arizona, and it's a good precursor to give you some uh, values if you do auction leagues in the mono leagues. I know, obviously, uh, people do more mixed league auctions than monos, but it's a good idea to get a value of the players at this point uh, with people having their auctions and drafts coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, so you should definitely check it out, and um, uh, we'll uh, definitely get him on in just a second uh, to talk about his strategy. And you know what he does is something very interesting: is he maps it out um, and basically has all the players penciled in. So he'll always send it to me before uh, the draft and say this is what he wants to get. But obviously, things can change in an auction, and the one thing that he does too is he's willing to go overprice. He'll pay a little bit more for the players that he wants. And, you know, he did sell me a shell before the draft of who he wanted, and he did not get a lot of those players. And that is something to beware of in an auction. Everyone has a different strategy. Some people will sit down, and I've seen successful players do this. They'll, they'll slot in a specific slot of money for, say, for example, 34 in the outfield. And then they'll have, you know, two or three players that they'll pay in that price. Now, that can work, but I think at the same time, you can't become fixated on players because you don't want to go overboard and pay. And I think that's what happened here is that a couple of those players that he wanted went way overvalued. And at some point, you have to back out and you have to have a backup plan and a contingency plan because the auction is never going to go the way you want. I mean, if it does, great. Congratulations to you. But there are a lot of scenarios where it can just go in a different direction and you've got to be prepared for that and, um, you know, be able to adjust on the fly. They, and um, make sure you have uh, a backup plan uh, in case that uh, it doesn't go your way. So I like to go more based on value and not slot in the specific money slots uh, and I've had success that way. So I think the goal is just to, to find a way to figure out what works best for you. And uh, it can work both ways. And the important thing, obviously, is to know the value of the players and, um, you know, how much they're going to go for and also what stats you're getting. I mean, that's the most important thing is you kind of have your stat categories and you have to hit it. And I think sometimes people get infatuated players' names the players' names are thrown out. They like it. And then they kind of lose track of where they are in the categories. And I think that's where people kind of fall short in um, in the um, the auction format there. So uh, that's what you need to do is uh, make sure that you are aware of where the categories are and uh, hit those, those targets. So... Um, Make sure that you are well aware of what's going on there uh, with those targets. Uh, but it was a, definitely an interesting draft. Some guys were 
overpaid for. But I think what you have to understand is it's all about when the players are thrown out. You know, a lot of people like to look at an auction board and say, oh, that guy is too high. Oh, that one is too low. And it really depends on when they were thrown out. And also what happens is sometimes people have a certain amount of money left and they go, wow, this is like the last big power hitter. I have to get him. If I don't, where is the money going to be spent? I don't see other players that I can um, do it. So um, that's the uh, the other issue. So um, you have to look and see uh, when they're thrown out. And unfortunately, you know, when you're looking just at a draft board, uh, where you, you won't get that. So that's the uh, other thing that you have to look at because a lot of people will judge and say, oh, yeah, that's uh, an overpay. You know, for example, in uh, the team, uh, the NFBC team, Greg Ambrosius and Sean Childs, a lot of people will say, wow, that's a lot of money for Cody Bellinger. He went for 36 bucks. Now, I know Sean, and we've had him on, and he likes to pay for the superstars. And obviously, it's clear that he's high on Cody Bellinger this year, who was coming off a different, um, a, a down year for him last year. And, uh, you know, I don't think people expected him to go for this much. And, you know, he's 23 years old, and uh, last year was a little bit of a down year compared to what he did in his first year, and that's to be expected, and uh, you have to keep that in mind. You know, you can't pay for what the guy did the first year because there will be adjustments made. And 39 homers, 97 RBIs in 132 games in 2017. Last year he played every game, and the numbers were down. 25 homers, 76 RBIs, and he batted 260. He did steal 14 bases, so that's the big thing here too. And maybe that was part of the reason why he was paid for is that he does have the ability to give you big power. We've already seen him hit 39 home runs, so he can certainly get back to 35 if things go right. And um, 14 steals last year, uh, 10 the year before. So uh, 40.2% fly ball rate last year. The hard hit rate was very good. So, you know, I understand the optimism for him. Um, And... uh, you could see, but $36 does seem like a lot. So I'm pretty sure uh, um, that, you know, he should bounce back in a big way. Uh, but $36 does seem like a lot of money. And I'm willing to take Bellinger in drafts. And uh, I think I probably haven't been one so far. So I am willing to take him. So, uh, but it does seem like the high number, uh, high number there for Bellinger in this uh, labor draft. Also, we had, uh, you know, because Paul Goldschmidt went for $4 cheaper at 32 And I think if you were comparing him, you'd probably take Goldschmidt, although it's close. Freddie Freeman was 32 Like, I'd rather have Freeman at 32 And Freeman also can contribute some stolen bases as well. You know, he had 10 last year. He's always around the 8 to 10 range. So, but again, you, you can't look at it like that. And a lot of people will. Uh, but it certainly seems like a high price. And I know Bellinger was one of Lenny's guys and probably in his mind, he said, you know what? I can't pay that high number uh, for, for Bellinger at this point, because uh, it's just above budget. And that's the, the key is you've got to figure out how much you're willing to pay and decide from there. Okay. Uh, am I going to, uh, how much higher am I going to go? And I, I've seen Lenny, he'll go like four or five bucks uh, above value. So, um, uh, I guess in this case it was just too much, and you got to have a cutoff. That's the other, that's the other thing is too, uh, and in, 
you know, it's easy to criticize people too. If you've never been in an auction, it moves fast and you have to make these decisions very quickly, but it's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of strategy as well. So uh, it was definitely uh, some players that went uh, like Trey Turner went for 42. Now, so you're paying for the stolen bases, and you're seeing that across the board. A lot of the guys with speed went pretty high. Starling Marte was another guy, $35 for Starling Marte. Uh, and he, that was the same price as Bryce Harper. And uh, Marte went for 35 Reese Hoskins went for 31 uh, So people were paying for the speed. I mean, Starling Marte went for the same price as Kristen Yelich. Kristen Yelich was $35. That seems like a... A pretty good price when you compare them to some of the other top-tier players where we see Yelich consistently going in the first round of drafts. And, you know, he was a $35 player here uh, in this room. Acuna, Ronald Acuna went for 36 Now, we do see Acuna go before Yelich in some drafts as well. Uh, but, again, it's the dynamics of the auction. It's when these players come out. And uh, that's why it's tough to kind of compare – and contrast uh, the prices, but we do it anyway. We do it after because we see the board and we're like, oh, I can't believe this and that. But a lot of it's when they come out uh, and called out in the draft room. But you could see there's definitely a premium placed on speed here. And at NL only league, people really conscious of uh, getting the stolen bases this year. You're seeing it in snake drafts too. Look at all the guys that are being drafted early in drafts. Uh, the Alberta Mondeses and the Trey Turners and the Whit Merrifields, all those guys are being pushed up the draft board. And you see it here in this auction, a high premium uh, to pay for speed. And uh, you could see the prices here reflected uh, when a guy like Marte goes for 35 Even a guy like A.J. Pollock, who I like a lot, I've always been a big fan, uh, and he went for $25 here uh, in this draft. And some people might say that's kind of an overpay. It all depends on whether he's healthy. That's the biggest thing with A.J. Pollock, and I know we haven't really seen the health over the last uh, few seasons, but it's been a lot of freak injuries, you know, the fractured elbow, uh, the groin injury. Uh, now he goes to the Dodgers where he should lead off. It's definitely a good lineup, even though he's been in a good lineup or at least the top half of the lineup with the Diamondbacks. But, you know, last year, 21 homers, 13 steals. The average did dip to 257. That's been the one concern as we've seen that average really fall. You know, one of the... Appeals for Pollock when he had that big 2015 season was a 315 average, but we've seen that average dip. All right, we are now joined by Lenny Melnick of Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports.com. Lenny, what's going on? Yeah, I'm an hour outside of Kingman, Arizona. That's what's going on. How's everything? Uh, pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I had a great draft last night. Uh, I don't know if you saw the results, but uh, I was able to. Uh, I was able to download Dr. Roto's uh previous draft in the uh in in labor and i copied his team so it was terrific well that's good for you man i'm glad to see that uh you can take take his rankings and do it i'm glad it worked out yeah. for you that's right whatever dr roto does i do it i'm a big follower yeah okay <laughs> uh so lenny i know your plan coming in and you even showed me what you wanted to do beforehand you sent me an email uh, you weren't able to get all those names, obviously. And one of the guys I was talking about was Cody Bellinger was on your list. Were you surprised that he went for $36? Adam, that was the nuttiest thing ever in all the years. I had him for 28 and I was willing to go 30 
And I was the moron that went 35. If I would have gotten him at 35, my whole draft would have been screwed up. But I started to panic because I didn't think that I'd have a problem with Bellinger, who I had at, at 28. I was willing to go 30. Uh, I, I had a problem with Andrew McCutcheon, who I had at 18. He went for 24. But the beauty was I was worried about Reese Hoskins. I had him at 35, and I was still worried because he's a very popular player now with the Harper trade. And he went for 31, so that enabled me to uh, switch off of Bellinger and add the uh, savings that I had on Hoskins to get uh, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, so Rizzo wasn't in your plan, so did you? Is, was he one of the backups, or was that something that you looked at on the fly and said, you know what, he, he is the guy that I need to get next? No, but, you know, I go by categories, and to me, Rizzo probably is even a better player than uh, than Bellinger. I'm very much afraid of Bellinger's batting average because he can't. He has a hard time against lefties, and there's a ton of lefties in the National League uh, West. So I was very I – thought, I thought Rizzo was better. So the players that I didn't get, I wound up getting better players at him, but I did get seven out of 12 offensive players not including the catchers that I wanted. So I did I did okay. Talking to Lenny Melnick from LennyMelnickFantasySports.com. He was a participant in the National League Labor Draft last night. Uh, another player that you got here for $20, Ahmed Rosario. Where do you think he hits in the order this year for the Mets? Well, uh, look, last year he stole, what, something like 24 bases, and 18 of those 24 came as the leadoff man. Now, it's been said that he's going to bat down in the order, but look, here's the thing with Rosario. I've been touting him ever since I saw him in Binghamton two years ago. If you if you have a radio show like Adam Ronis does and Lenny Melnick, if you tout a player for two years and don't make every effort to get him, then you're not worth a bull dinky and a poppycock. All right, that's my opinion. So I had him at 20, and he went exactly for 20. I'm looking for him to hit about 12 to 15 home runs and steal 25 bases. That would be great if he did that as a Mets fan and a fantasy player, for sure. He, yeah. was, he was hitting two today, but it is the spring. But interested to see if he can uh, step up and move higher in the order. You know, Anthony Rendona at $29. I've been saying, like, he is not a flashy player. He doesn't excel in any one category, but he's very good across the board, and He's finally starting to get some respect in fantasy as I've seen him go in the third round. Uh, I just I think he's got a real good skill set and likely to hit third in the order this year. Well, he's going to drive in 100 runs. He always does that. Uh, he'll hit you 25 to 30 home runs. But for me, getting Rendon and Rizzo. See, this is where Rizzo turned out to be a better player than Bellinger because now I have two players of the potential to bat a you know, I think Rendon will hit close to 290, 295, and Rizzo should hit around 285, 280. So I'm protecting a little bit of batting average. And Adam, that's a category that I traditionally don't even consider because I take the position during the course of the year. If I want to improve my batting average, that's the easiest thing to do. I don't try to get a 300 hitter. I just try to trade away the guys that are bringing me down addition by subtraction. I'm always able to improve my batting average that way. You obviously didn't pay up for a pitcher. Your highest price guy was Jamison Tyon at 23. I'm sure that was part of the plan. And what do you like about Tyon this year? It wasn't part of the plan. It was originally. 
And then I realized that pitching is just, I didn't think he'd go for 23. So I had protected myself by coming up with an alternate plan that I kind of thought I was going to have to get. And at 23, I think Tyon, look, he's been inching his way towards uh, tier one of National League pitchers. And I think this is the year slowly but surely and you know he's come up with a with a with a new pitch he came up with a, I believe it was a slider or something like that cutter and he kept it in his back pocket last year only used it sparingly this year he's unveiling it full time when he used it last year he was dynamite i think this is the year he becomes a tier 1 pitcher yeah, I'm with you. He was the slider. I saw that as well. And to me, he's battled a lot of adversity and come through it. He's had a lot of injuries in the minor leagues. He had the testicular cancer. And for him to go out there and produce like he did last year, I think was a really good sign. And we know this guy was drafted early, highly touted. So I'm with you on Ty, and I think he will have a big year. And uh, to anchor your staff here in the NL only, I think it's definitely a good selection at the price. Uh, but we got a lot more to talk to. We're going to keep Lenny on for the final segment of the hour come back and talk about the rest of his team because he did make some very interesting picks and some players who are not being talked about a lot that potentially I think might have some value here definitely in NL only formats a potentially mixed league so we will talk to Lenny Melnick of Lenny Melnick fantasy sports.com about that it is scout fantasy sports here on the fantasy sports radio network If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be. So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Kyler Murray stated, there's one team that I really want to play for. But, you know, of course, he's not going to say who it is. You know it's Arizona because that's the coach that likes it. That's the coach that runs the offense that he's going to play in. But let's just say it goes to the Jets. The hell of a lot of pressure in New York. Arizona, he's a superstar. They're happy to have him. And he's with a rookie coach who runs the offense that he runs. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. 
Back here at Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. The results of the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine are in, and for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis, Maddock, and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. I'm joined by Lenny Melnick, Lenny Melnick, fantasysports.com. He was participant in NL Labor last night. Lenny, you've got Josh Bell at $18. Bell obviously did not exhibit much power last year. Still a young player. What has you intrigued with Josh Bell to make him a uh, part of your team? Well, two years ago he came up and he looked like a surefire 20 home run hitter. Last year he slumped. Uh, They brought in a new hitting coach this year for the specific purpose of getting more power out of the players. Minnesota also did that. Uh, and I, I just think that Josh Bell is an up-and-coming player. I'm not looking for a lot from Josh Bell. Originally, I had Matt Adams in that spot, but uh, Josh Bell came up, and I, I, I just I have a feeling this kid's able to hit 20 or 25 home runs. Uh, he's being hyped up a lot in the Pittsburgh newspapers. I'm buying it. I've never seen him play, but I do believe that uh, 20 home runs is what I'm looking for out of this guy. How could you pass on Matt Adams when he might steal 60, 70 bases? Yeah, you know, I put that article <laughs> up. You wouldn't believe how many people believed it, right? It was right? great. Yeah, that was good. That was good, Adam. Good one. That was crazy. I was like, that, that uh, that's a mistake. It's Trey Turner. What are they doing? Like, how could that even get published? Well, it was a it was an onion type of a of an article. If you you know, if you saw that. Uh I forget the name of it, but it was from one of those sites. That was crazy. It was yeah, good. That- well done though. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, Yasil Puig at $26, and Puig just keeps moving up draft boards. I've seen him go in the fourth round of 15-team leagues, and I think we can understand why. Obviously, going to Cincinnati, I saw a quote from him the other day that I maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but he said, you know, I've never really worked hard. I'm going to work hard this year. <laughs> I mean, I know he's in a contract here, but I mean, it also speaks to the volume of Puig's talent that if that's true, and it might be, especially living out in L.A. and partying, I mean, who knows what's in store for him this year playing every day in Cincinnati? I don't mean to uh, correct you, but that was Dr. Roto who said that. I don't think that was uh, Yasiel. <laughs> oh, that was his That was his quote? <laughs> yeah, that was his quote. You're getting confused, man. I, I could see it, but still, you know. Uh, look, on, on Puig, I thought the hype of him, people say he's going to hit 30 homers, 35 homers. So I was afraid. I had him at 28, and I was again, I was willing to go 30 on him. Uh, and I got him as he's he was another Puig and Hoskins two uh, players that I spent less than I expected. Uh, Bellinger and McCutcheon were two players that absolutely uh, shocked me where they went. Well, uh, yeah, you know I'm a, I agree with you, McCutcheon. Uh, I was talking the other day. I forgot to who about that. And I I thought he would go under twenty. Like I don't feel like there's a lot of buzz. Do you think the Bryce Harper signing had an influence? On that? Well, certainly, no, I don't. I have no idea. He's going to bat sixth in that lineup or first. Cesar Hernandez has a hip problem. 
He could be out for quite a while, by the way, which makes Kingery uh, a very interesting player. But it could move McCutcheon into the leadoff spot with that on-base percentage. So, uh, look, I think he's an 18 to $20 player. That's what I had him for when he went to 24. I had to pass, and I had $18 left over, and that really helped me. I wound up – I left my utility spot open I for a dollar. That's what I figured. Always keep that utility spot open for a dollar at the end. There's always going to be somebody. So now I had $19. I was able to put it on a couple of other players. But I wound up getting McCutcheon's 20 home runs by getting Adam Duvall and, and Eric Thames. So, I, in effect, I really did better because of the money that I saved, I was able to get Thames. And I don't know about Duvall. He has yet to hit a home run in Atlanta, but he hit two home runs on Sunday. Before That was after. I didn't even see that. But I'm hoping that Duvall hits 15. And I'm hoping that uh, uh, Thames hits 15, and that's why my home run total is projected at about 230. Last year's winning total was 235. All right, so you got this in the bag. You're going to win the league is what you're telling me. Oh, there's no question, Adam. This is the best team I ever drafted. I have seven, I have seven useful starters. I have six useful starters and one very good starter. Most teams don't have four. So I could trade my way into And I have Cameron Maybin, by the way. So oh, in the res- reserve round, right? Was that your first reserve in pick? In reserve, no. I, Jeremy Hellickson was my first. I couldn't believe nobody drafted him. Uh, he, you know, he's the number five. I got Hellickson and Annabel Sanchez on, on, on Washington. So I'm okay with that, National League only. And uh, Cameron Maybin was my second pick because I only wound up projecting myself with 105 stolen bases. And that would put me third based on last year. But, you know, I want to win every single category, so except saves. That's yeah, what I did. That, that's obvious. Uh, we know that from you. I love how you throw the closes out early, too. Uh, <laughs> Adible Sanchez, you know, I think there's some people who think last year's a fluke. Do you think it was, or do you think this was a good bargain and can still be solid this year? Well, well let's put it this way. He wasn't in my plan. But at that point, I saw what was happening. I saved some. You know, I went in, even though the draft was over, a lot of overvalued players at the beginning is very aggressive. Uh, I decided I had to go in and get my players because they were called out by other people. And then I decided to sit back and let the draft catch up to me. I knew that there would be bargains at the end, especially pitching. Everybody spent about 20 to $25 for a starter, and it was already done. Very hard to follow up with another expensive starter in an only league when you want to spend twenty dollars on closers and you got to spend twenty five dollars, thirty dollars on a starter. I mean, it's just, it's just. Uh, I, I knew that the starting pitching at the end, if I could hold out, it's all a question of making sure that you know who's in the unpicked players pool. And Sanchez was a guy that I was okay with. I didn't love him, but when he came up at I think three dollars, I just had to take him. You also got Kevin Gossman for eight. Obviously, it was reported a few days ago. He was dealing with some shoulder inflammation. Looks like he might throw some BP tomorrow. Was he someone that you just got because the price was low, or did you anticipate getting him uh, before the shoulder inflammation occurred? I liked him, and if you remember, it was only about three years ago I predicted he would win the Cy Young Award in the American League. And uh, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he gets me on that. No, I liked him a lot. 
when he came over to Atlanta, he was tremendous. So what I did was I got him, but I backed him up by getting seven starters. So if something happens, I can always throw Jeremy Hellickson in and take his place. Okay, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Uh, Sean Newcomb, $5. I think, you know, he has an intriguing arm. Obviously, walks have been a big factor for him. Do you think he can cut down those walks this year? Well, I have no idea. All I know is he's been hit. Nobody could touch him in the spring. That's terrific. Save it, Sean, right? Uh, The kid was destined to become uh, a quality pitcher. He has thrown some brilliant games, and he's thrown some clinkers. As As he's maturing a little bit, all he has to do, he's thrown plenty of brilliant games. All he has to do is eliminate the clinkers. Easier said than done. But if he does, then I got myself a pretty good pitcher here. Uh, you also have Michael Taylor on this team for $7. And some people might say, well, and look, it's NL only. You know, he doesn't have a starting spot. But uh, there's a chance, you know, Adam Eaton is not shown to be durable. Is that your thinking here? Is that there could be a way for him to find at-bats at some point? Uh, yeah, he's the fourth star. He's the fourth outfielder. Now, you read that article about, about uh, you know, uh, Matt Adams feeling 70. Uh, Martinez wants to run. That was he said that to Trey Turner. Hopefully, you'll steal, uh, make seventy stolen base attempts. Very much like Kansas City, this is going to be another running team. They've got the horses. Michael Taylor could steal thirty bases. You got Robles out there. Fine, he's a rookie. Adam Eaton is uh, is injury prone, for lack of a better word. It's very possible that Michael Taylor is going to get. 400 at bats and if he does he'll steal me 20 bases in his sleep uh you took uh scott kingry you touched upon him a little bit earlier uh was it the hernandez injury that has you thinking okay maybe he gets an expanded role or is this a guy that they can work in a few times a week at different positions and uh maybe produce better than what he did last year it's very important that you go into an auction draft knowing the category numbers you want to hit and you just get the players that can get you to those numbers. To me, Kingery, interesting player. I have him only penciled in at 10 home runs and 15 stolen bases. It's pretty much what he did last year. If he could duplicate that, that's what I was looking for. But he's got the potential to do more. Hernandez has a bad hip injury at an MRI. He, he'll probably go on the DL. Uh, and also, the way that batting order shapes up in Philadelphia now with Bryce Harper, Miguel Franco batting ace doesn't make any sense. Kingery batting ace makes a lot of sense. I think Kingery fits that team better. He'll also get 400, 450 at-bats, and he'll reach the category numbers that I want to hit. I'm joined by Lenny Melnick, Lenny Melnick, FantasySports.com, talking about his NL labor team, which he drafted last night. Ian Happ at $10. I think people were celebrating last year when Ian Happ hit the first pitch of the season for a home run. Uh, obviously, That's right. it, it was kind of downhill after that. Uh, what are your expectations for Happ this season? Well, last year, I, I think he'll hit 15 to 20 home runs and still 10 to 15 bases. And uh, Almar is out there, but, I mean, Ian Happ, is a, he, he's going to be a star in the making in fantasy baseball. Uh, last year, he was tremendous during the spring, just like Kingery, and he petered out badly. Again, I don't over-project these players. If he could hit 15 home runs and steal me 10 bases, you got that from him. I, I mentioned Kingery. I mentioned Taylor. You add up all the numbers. I will hit the benchmarks of coming in second place based upon last year's numbers with my with with very realistic projections. 
It was my job to go out and get these players, and I think I did. I got the players I want, Adam, but sometimes I do pick the wrong players, right? That's, uh, that happens, that happens. That happens to all of us. Now, we know that you will not pay for saves in an auction, but that doesn't mean you finished last in the category. Do you remember how you fared last year? Uh, because you can pick and, and choose and get some saves, and even if yeah, you I, don't. Go ahead. I, I always finish in the middle of the pack and saves you know, somehow. As a matter of fact, it was a couple of years ago in Town Wars, I had a choice three quarters of the way into the season. I could win the save. I could win the league, which it was a long shot. Should I try to win the league or should I try to win the saves category without drafting a closer? I came closer to doing that than I did to winning the league. But, uh, yeah, I got Romo, who I think has a good shot to be the closer in uh, in Miami. Uh, and then I got Familia, who's not going to be the closer. But I'm looking for five to eight saves out of him. Uh you take a look at the Cincinnati guy. I mean, with Iglesias becoming the effector, coming in in the seventh inning with the game on the line, uh, I forgot the guy's name. What's the guy's name from Cincinnati? Russell Iglesias? Uh, no, the guy I picked. Oh, uh, Jared Hughes. Yeah, Jared Hughes. His numbers last year were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, he, he had an ERA of under two. He had a whip of just about one. He was tremendous. I'm looking for him to get 10 saves. In the, uh, in the uh, reserve draft, I drafted Hirano and Brad Brack. If each of those guys could get me five saves, I could wind up with 30 saves. A couple of teams didn't draft any closers. I could finish in the middle of the pack. Yeah, and that obviously would be the ideal goal when you didn't invest much in the position at all. Uh, you have Hernan Perez for $5 and. Obviously, was liking him better before Mike Moustakis, but he is a guy that's versatile. Uh, is that part of the reason you take him? Is like, hey, if there is an injury, he could be one of the first guys, and you could move him around the diamond. I just look. He's going to get me uh, five to ten home runs. He's going to get me ten to fifteen stolen bases. I had Colton Wong in that spot because I didn't want to spend a lot of money, so I put Colton Wong in there. Who, by the way, Colton Wong was one of the best players in the National League last year in the second half. And I don't think anybody knows that, okay? But he really was. Uh, I didn't get Colton Wong. He went for like ten dollars. So I had to, I had to backtrack. And Hernan Perez, look, I'm not looking for a lot. I'm looking for five to six home runs, and I'm looking for ten steals. If he could do that for the value, it all adds up to the category benchmarks that I want to hit. And Perez is a good. Uh, uh, he was a good um, replacement for Colton Wong. What is your biggest concern about this team heading into the season? Actually, talking to you, you're a jinx. You know, how am no, I a jinx? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you dearly. Uh, I, I, my concerns are just injuries. Uh, last year in Tout Wars, I drafted a dynamic offense that I wound up trading three offensive players away to get two pitchers, and I was still confident. Then I had 12 injured players. So I'm freaked out by the injuries. I feel like I'm snake bit. But if this team stays healthy, as the saying goes, I got a good shot. I'll be very competitive because I really like my team. And what was the biggest regret you had in this auction, if you had any? Probably I skipped on Javier Baez at 31. I originally planned my team around Javier Baez, but I figured he's going to go for too much. So I came up with a different plan, and I didn't even – I was shocked when the bidding stopped at 31. 
to think that Cody Bellinger went for 36 and Javier Baez at 31, I'm telling you, this draft was about as wacko as I've ever been in. And that's why uh, during the break, I told you I almost panicked. Uh, I, yeah, I really, really had a scramble. But never go into an auction format with the idea I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bid early. Never go in saying I'm going to wait till the end. You always have to play the room no matter what it is and just pay attention. And I admit, I passed up a couple of players that I might have uh, gotten had I paid attention. But I was so busy on trying to scramble that I really didn't pay attention. Michael Franco went to 12. I should have taken him. Uh, so I did screw up a couple of times, but I wound up very proud of how I managed to keep my composure and come up with, I think, without a doubt, is the best offensive team in the league. It's not even close, but uh, I just got to hope my pitching comes through. Yeah, and I think the pitching is pretty solid for an NL-only league, too. So, uh, well, we hope you do well. Uh, thanks for taking the time, and uh, good luck this season, and uh, take this down. Okay, kiddo, on my way to Vegas. All right, win some money. Thanks, kid. <laughs> All right, that is Lenny Melnick. You can find him at LennyMelnickFantasySports.com. And, uh, some good words of wisdom there regarding auctions, and I've said it all the time. You can have a plan going in, but you really have to pay attention to what's going on in the room. It moves very quickly, and you have to be sharp. So make sure you are good for those four to five hours for that auction. When we return, I'm going to talk about uh, Scout 44 that I'm doing right now. That is ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh-huh. 